Now, did you know that your organs can be a different age to your body? Uh, my next guest has been using blood proteins to track how you age internally. Uh, he is Dr. Jared Rutledge. He's an EMBL Stanford Bridging Excellence Fellow and author of the study we're going to be discussing. And um, welcome to the program, Jared. This is an idea that I hadn't um, I hadn't fully processed, but uh, our, our internal organs can show aging or or age at a different rate to our our perceived sort of numerical age, right? Yeah, that's right, Jonathan. Um, and, and this is really something that, um, perhaps to put it in more concrete terms, uh, when we think about diseases of the elderly and uh, the ways that we can age, um, perhaps it, it feels less abstract. You know, some people go on to develop heart disease while other people develop Alzheimer's disease or kidney disease. So we've known for a long time that there are many different sort of trajectories that you can take as you age, um, and these tend to be somewhat organ dependent. So we're really trying to understand that in a, at a deeper level. Yeah. So um, when someone has heart disease, though, it, it's generally something we associate with um, a pathology, you know, some tissue death and so on. Uh, are you saying that um, the age of the organ is also a factor? And, and, and what does that mean exactly if it's not related to chronology? In other words, the, the passing of seconds, minutes and hours? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so first, I think it, this is still in some ways uh, deeply related to the passing of chronology, seconds, minutes, hours. Um, but we're also trying to understand sort of the diversity in sort of the rate of aging um, at the population level. So just as some people might develop heart disease in their 50s and other people might develop heart disease in their 80s, um, we find that there is some underlying aging biology that's contributing to that phenomenon as well. Right. And it so, is. And how, how, how do you know that? I mean, how, how can you know if someone's lungs are older or younger than another person's? Right. So the approach that we have taken in the study um, is by essentially doing a very large population scale survey of uh, molecular aging uh, through the blood. And so we are trying to measure the aging of all these different organs using blood proteins. Um, and we do that at a, at a very large scale. So we have samples from thousands of people that's really spanning the entire lifespan. Um, we're doing this in healthy people as well as people who go on to develop disease. So we can look at the relationship between sort of an expected uh, profile for a given age and uh, a future disease risk, for example. Right. Can you, can you talk to me about um, what uh, a healthy young organ might look like versus an older um, organ that's not functioning as well? And, and how does one get an older organ inside a body of a younger age? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a this is in some ways the million dollar question that we're still trying to answer is really, you know, what are the deep underlying molecular mechanisms that are that could drive this sort of thing? Um, so that's something that we get a little bit of insight into the study, but there's um, into in this study, but there's definitely a lot more work to be done there. Um, so but, we, don't, we don't we don't really know why people's internal organs might age at a different rate. No, we we have some yeah yeah that, essentially that's that's correct. I mean we have some we have some clues you know and there are certain things that that we that we understand about you know potential environmental impacts or lifestyle impacts or, or diseases um, things like smoking or um, lack of exercise can can you know it be 
contributing to sort of accelerated aging, but um, for the most part, there's still there's still a lot to be understood about really what it is about the aging process that contributes so deeply to disease, because we, we definitely know that it does. We know that aging is the number one risk factor for many different kinds of complex disease, in fact, pretty much all different kinds of complex disease. Um, and we know that we can measure this aging in the, at the population level and we can see the relationship to disease, but it's still a big effort in the field to work out the exact mechanisms of why it is, what it is about mm. aging that really can cause this kind of disease. Sorry, I jumped ahead there because the, the beginning of my question was, how do we um, identify a healthy functioning organ and what is an older organ that isn't doing so well? What does that look like? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Of course, th there are many ways to do this. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're for example, um, um, in, in the clinic or you're a doctor and there's, there's different, you can measure different proteins. So that's often a, a, an approach that people take and that's the approach that we take on a much more sort of unbiased and comprehensive scale as we look at proteins that are sort of functional markers of organs. So these are things um, in the heart. There are certain proteins um, like troponins um, and nutriuretic peptides or in liver. There's um, perhaps if you've ever had like a liver function test at the doctor, um, those are like alanine transaminase, transaminase and, and other sorts of proteins like that. So there are these markers in blood that we can use. Of course, there's also like image, imaging-based markers. Um, but really one of the things that we try to ground we try to put into the ground truth of our study is really assessing the function of the organ. So, you know, are, are people, um, do they have active disease or um, are they walking slower than typical or is, there, is their heart um, struggling, you know, right. um, to beat or to maintain electrical signal? So, so for us, we really focus on a functional readout. Okay. Um, but there are, there are definitely many different ways that you can try to try to look at you know, what is, what does it mean for an organ to be sort of older and dysfunctional? Right. So, so you, with a heart, you might have a steady, regular, strong beat. Uh, that might be one thing. It's expressing proteins. It's um, renewing and regenerating tissue and getting rid of waste efficiently. All those sort of things are measured or could be measured, but you're looking at function of, of the heart. Is it doing the job it's supposed to be doing? And that's how we're, we're looking at this study. That's great. So yeah. um, when we look at this, uh, is there any way, obviously in a, a, a large group study like this, it might be difficult, but is there any way of looking at individual organs in a, um, in a person's body? I mean, could someone's lungs age uh, at a different rate than their heart, for example, due to lifestyle or genetic or other factors? Or, or, or when you talk about your organs, do you mean like all of the organs of, of a biological person? <laughs> Well, yeah, that, that's actually, I think, the most exciting thing about the approach and really what we were trying to bring that was new to the field was this ability to look on an organ-by-organ organ basis. Um, and that is one of the more interesting findings of the study, I think, is that we do see there are essentially many different ways that your organs can age. And so when we look at the population level, there are all sorts of different trajectories where people may have, you know, an old, old lungs but a young heart um, or vice versa. So we do see evidence that there's that there's um, there's many different ways, and, and then we see also, you know, functional evidence that this this sort of differential aging, say, between organs in a single body, does end up being related then to disease risk. Right. Okay. And so, um, uh, having one as an outlier being quite uh, an an old. Um, an old lung or an old, I'm trying to think of more organs in the lungs and the, the heart, and I'm really struggling. 
a, a kidney, brain, the those kidney, are those of course. Yeah, that yeah. we also focus on. We, we look a lot at the brain and the kidney. <laughs> Great. Um, and so what is the purpose of something like this? Once you have identified a link between these organs that seem to be aging at different rates, um, what exactly can you do about it? Yeah, we're hoping that this is a first step to to many different kinds of research. Um, I guess on the on the sort of more practical and clinical side, um, we do believe that this information could be could be actionable in a preventative medicine setting or even in a in an ongoing um, care setting. Understanding, you know, what what diseases you might personally be at risk for in the future, and and can we sort of tune your your lifestyle and your medications to um, to age in the healthiest way possible. So that's certainly one one direction that mm. we think we can we can take the research um, pretty immediately. And then of course the other the other thing that we're really trying to do is is get at this question of what is it, what's happening really at the molecular level that leads to this relationship between organ aging and disease. So one of the advantages of the study, since we're looking at these proteins that are, we can detect them in blood, but we know they're coming from specific organs that can give us some in- insight into some of the molecular mechanisms that might be, um, that might be affecting the aging or causal to the aging well, process. So, Are there particular organs that are usually the most aged in the body? Is there one, uh, one organ when, when it goes wrong, does that it ages quite a lot? And what sort of difference are we talking about in terms of age? Like, two years or three years or, or, or what sort of a difference? Mm, yeah, that's, that's a great question. So I'll, I'll try, I'll try to answer them in, in sequence. Um, so there isn't, I wouldn't say at this point, I don't think we can say, uh, for most people, you know, it, in terms of aging, it's the heart or for most people, it's, it's the kidney. Um, what we see is that, um, there is just quite a large diversity right. of aging trajectories in the population. And so for some people, it's the heart and for some people it's the kidney. And I think there's still more to be understood about things for, for certain uh, things about like the sequence, the timing of, you know, does a certain organ age first? Does it cause the aging of other tissues? That's something that's more ongoing work still. And it requires more, um, more complex study designs where you're following people over many decades, really. Um, Right, but so, what, what, what sort of a difference are we seeing? I mean, when, when you look at one of these organs and someone has disease, like can you age the you know the the, the poorly functioning kidney? Is it is it typically four or five years older? Yeah. And what if it's not yeah, working yeah. well? Yes, we, we we can do that. I I, I don't want to put too much stock into you know numbers. a particular number, partially because it's um it's a little bit or it's, it's deeply related, I guess, to the particular machine learning methods we use to define these aging numbers. Right, okay. But, but um, we, we can put a number uh, on, on that in, in sort of a, a broad sense, knowing that it, it probably has some, some wiggle room there. Um, and and in, our, in our modeling framework, um, it looks like it is about, it's about four years is when we start to see, four years older than expected, um, is when we start to see sort of a, a functional impact. Right. Okay. That's really interesting. Um, and I, I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about that, but I guess all it comes down to at, at, at a practical level for people listening at home is, is probably that same old, um, uh, cliche, which is exercise more, eat less, socialize and so on. And, uh, and that's probably all we can do with this information right now, but, but interesting to see where it will go. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Jaron Rutledge, EMBL, Stanford Bridging Excellence Fellow and author of the study at at Stanford. Thanks, Jared.